What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Patty and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we're here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 195. This is actually a take two. I just tried to start, and my microphone straight up just fell over almost off the desk. So, uh... It wasn't a great start, so we're kind of playing with house money here. It could be good, could not be, who knows. Um, but on today's episode, we're going to review uh, last week's NFL a Wacky Wild Card Wonderful Weekend, whatever the hell they're calling it, uh, and pre- preview this weekend's divisional round. They have two games today as we speak and two games tomorrow. So we'll talk about that and uh, what we think is going to happen there, fallout from last week, and... You know, just other things around the league as they pop in newer head. You know how it goes. You know how normal. We have, we have one topic, two topics, and then we end up talking about eight things. So, uh, getting into last weekend's games. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, Justin Herbert didn't do me any favors. Uh, or fans of the San Diego Chargers. Or Los Angeles Chargers. Or San Diego, for that matter. But, uh, yeah, it had a huge lead huge lead against the Jacksonville Jaguars late in that. I mean, uh, in the first half and then Jaguars finally come back late and take the game. And it was a incredible comeback. Trevor Lawrence throws four picks in the first half, comes back to us four touchdowns in the second half. So whatever you might think of him, that's not an easy thing to do. It's real easy to get down on yourself and give up when you're down by that much and you perform that poorly. And to come back and lead your team to a victory says something. The Jaguars got the right guy. For all for all their faults as not being able to maintain a team to stay competitive under Shad Khan. Because he seems to get a good team and he wants to trade everybody away for draft picks. Like he's playing ultimate team on uh, or uh, franchise on all Madden. Huh. It, Trevor Lawrence is the guy. I mean, it, it's clear why he was the number one pick. Uh, so far, he's absolutely proven he's the best quarterback out of that draft. He has some talent around him, but... Huh. It's not superstar talent. It's good talent that a quality player as like Trevor Lawrence can work with, build with, and grow with. And that's exactly what you're seeing in Jacksonville, along with a pretty solid defense. It's not it's not as good as the last time they were in the playoffs against the Patriots that in an AFC championship game. It's not that. But you have a lot of young guys who are really performing well and work well together. And they're going against the number one seed Chiefs. And it's not as cut and dry as you would think. I mean, uh, I don't know what you're you're thinking, but I don't think a Jags upset is the craziest thing. Honestly, not after seeing last week, because you can't count this team out. If there's time on the clock, they're going to keep playing, and you can never count a team like that out. This this team is it's a weird team, especially coming off the heels of last year. But we we can all put the Put the finger on exactly what happened last year, and oh, I mean they added, yeah. they added, they added a few pieces. They got a nice amount of first round picks that are just starting to blossom on the defensive side, and then obviously the trio of of Lawrence, Etienne, and then the I, I, now I, I was one who questioned the Christian Kirk. Yeah, me throw too. money at somebody yep. who absolutely prefer, who didn't seem like he belonged top three on a, on a team, and he's proven at least this past week he's proven to be a reliable number one, physical but can get in and out of his breaks. Etn's 
ETN's ETN. He's a beast. Uh, the only downside to his was, uh, you know, the injury last year and a little bit of a slow start. But I tell you, this team might rattle the Chiefs. Um, something tells me that, you know, Mahomes is Mahomes and he, he might just put that team on his shoulder and, and win the game. But th- th- this is not going to be a rollover team. This no. is. This is the Chiefs need to understand that even though they're coming in an arrowhead and Mahomes is playing at peak performance and he's got ancillary pieces that are are showing up. Travis Kelsey's being Travis Kelsey. Don't take don't sleep on this team. When you get down when you get up by three scores, four scores, keep putting it on them because that's clearly what happened with the Chargers. They put it on them. They thought they had them. They had them wrapped up. I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, but for some reason they just they stopped. They stopped. They stopped playing offense aggressively. The defense just kept giving it up, giving it up like a. They played like a shell of a team. Joey Bosa could not control his emotions at all. And 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 I'm not going to look. I understand he feels like he was held a lot of that game. I saw a couple holds that should have been called. Why are you mouthing off to the to the ref? Why? You got to keep yourself in check. Yeah. There are bonehead plays by the Chargers, but there was a couple by the the Jaguars that that kept drives alive for the Chargers. Yep. So let's not let's yep. not say it was refs or one side or the other. It was. As we've seen, the, the refing needs needs a lot of assistance. However, I feel like it was pretty balanced mm-hmm. on the screw-ups. Uh, whether that was intentional or not, I don't know. But be that as it may, when the chips were down and they needed a play, Trevor Lawrence made the play. Yep. I mean, that Chris, that I don't know if you saw it. That was, a, I think it was either a touchdown or two, I think it was a, the two-point conversion where they got a penalty, which put them on the one-yard yep, line. That was one of Bosa's mistakes. Yep. Yes, yes. Yep. That was that was the um that was when he was mouthing off the ref and yep. he got a, a, a so it went from do we go for two, do we go for the extra point, which changes the, the outcome of the game, honestly, to you're on the one yard line. You have a six. What? What is he? Six five, six seven. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's, how, he's tall. He's six seven. I think. Yeah. Tall. He just has to jump up, leap over, boom. As soon as that crosses that plane, Chris, and as we'll talk about later, it is important for it to cross the plane. It doesn't always work when you're not six seven. It doesn't always work. Oh, when poor six, kid. When not six yeah. seven, or when you're not like less than a foot away from the end zone. Uh, that was a great play. It was a great play. Oh, absolutely. Uh. Made it look he, he made it look so easy. You ask yourself, why doesn't everybody do that? Well, and then we found right. out the next day why everybody doesn't do that. Right. Um, but they like I'll I'll still say I I've heard it a lot. That positioning where he was at though was key. Exactly the yardage mattered. It's also on the height of height and reach of Patron Lawrence. But if they're on the two yard line, Chris, I don't think they do that. They might do a different play which has a lower percentage chance of being successful. But 
if they don't make that two point conversion or they miss it, now they're down by two scores. Different different story. But the Jags are going to come into this game this weekend. It's going to be a hard fight. They're actually playing at what four thirty to four thirty today. I believe. Uh, yes. No, no, that's tomorrow. So, that's tomorrow. The Jags and the Chiefs. No, they're four thirty today. Are they today? Yeah. Oh wow, that's cool. I thought I had to wait till tomorrow to watch that. Nice. Nope. So, yeah, I think that was that was a. Oh yeah. Okay. It's a great game and. For the Jags, it, it kind of really boosts them up. And, and the Chargers, look, I think that what they fired their OC. Mm-hmm. Was it OC or DC? Uh, OC. And uh, their head coach kept their job. <coughs> I would say he's on the proverbial hot seat. Yeah, to say the very, very least. And I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility that a move is still made at some point in this offseason. I think if Sean Payton does become available uh, or or makes himself available, uh, you still could see a move made. Uh, Sean McVay isn't going anywhere in the other L.A. team, and it was made pretty clear by apparently by uh, Payton that he wants to coach in L.A. I guess he lives out there or something. Okay. So, I mean, Chargers can still have conversations with this guy. And if they decide to make a move, they can still make a move. I mean, they, I, honestly, I don't think they owe uh, the Staley guy anything. He hasn't done anything to prove he can motivate this team. I mean, you have some talented, talented players. Keenan Allen, one of the best and most underrated overall receivers in the game. Justin Herbert's an exceptional young quarterback, but he did make some of the mistakes you warned about last episode. And I, I stuck up for him and I said, this kid's got it. He's good. Now, it wasn't all his fault. The defense, he gave defense, what, 24, 28 points? And they couldn't hold it. But then the offense also couldn't score again. So, I mean, <clears throat> they put up another touchdown later. They take advantage of that that roughing the punter call. Then this is all a moot point, And it's just, oh, they almost blew a lead. They got to be better than that. I mean, it, it, they just, they didn't do what they had to do they didn't you know there's bad officiating in every game officiating across the board has been a problem this year i i i've watched we both watch countless games we watch red zone or whatever it is whatever whatever you watch that goes from round from game to game we see all the bad calls the refs cannot escape them they're everywhere they're on social media they're on youtube they're on whatever uh and rightfully so i mean you're putting yourself in that position and you make a bad mm-hmm. call you're gonna get you're gonna get blamed for it and these guys aren't full-time employees but they still get paid pretty handsomely to should pretty much watch the game and make the calls and uh i i just i i don't like when teams blame officials and that seems to be pretty much what the chargers did across the board was it was mm-hmm. officiating not us officials caused us to give up four touchdowns in the second half uh, and not get the job done when we did, when we had to, um, and that's not a winning team. That's not. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not going to dive deep onto the Patriots. I know people probably get tired of me comparing everything to the Patriots, but there, I see more of them than any other team. So I'm making a comparison. Patriots didn't make the playoffs because they didn't, they lost to the Bills the last week of the season. However, there's at least three to four games throughout that throughout the season where if mm-hmm. they stepped up and made plays they had to make, or they didn't get behind too far, uh, like they let themselves fall behind. Uh, then they would be in the playoffs, and they have nobody but themselves to blame. 
Yeah, officiating was bad sometimes, and sometimes it helped them, sometimes it hurt them, like every team. You got to pick up the pieces. It's like I told you about the the the, the Bengals-Bills game, and you said you still got to go out there and win it. And you know, I don't want to spoil anything, a future conversation we're going to have in this episode, so I don't want to say too much, but we'll get to it. But it's the same as this. You got to go out there and win it. Bad officiating. Find a way. Make it happen. Things happen. You get paid a lot of money. You get paid a lot of money to play a child's game, essentially. And you're going to be out there whining, costing 52 other people who busted their ass to get there also. Their mm-hmm. position. Nick Bosa as somebody who should, uh, excuse me, Joey Bosa. And Nick's still playing. Joey Bosa as somebody who is one of the best defenders in this league at his position. One of the defensive faces of the league, I would say, uh, along with his brother and probably T.J. Watt and a handful of others, Aaron Donald, a few more, uh, have to be better. You can't lose your temper like that. You hurt your team. You straight up hurt your team. So whatever the officials did, the officials don't tack on a 15-yard penalty if you can compose yourself with your $20 million a year salary. You got to be better. You got to be better. You cost your team. They just needed a field goal, Chris. That's all they needed. Just a field goal to win this game. Three points in the second half. Yep. It's not going to cut it. It just doesn't. Even if you have a highly talented defense like they have, um, it's not a dominant defense. It's a very talented defense that can create turnovers, i.e. four picks. Yep. But... You didn't turn all of those picks in, in uh, points. You didn't take advantage of the mistakes by a young Jaguars team, which made mistakes. They sure as hell did. That roughing the passer, I question. Up, down, left, and right. Yeah, Bad for sure. Same here. But they didn't, t- they didn't take advantage of it. So I, I can't feel bad for the for the Chargers. Oh, I think because- it was on the same drive. They had that and they had the roughing the punter call. Which yeah. it should have just been running into the kicker, which wouldn't have given him an automatic first down, I don't think. I don't think it was within five yards. I did yeah, two I massive was... breaks on that. Two massive and, breaks on that. And they couldn't take advantage of it. And they couldn't take it. Yeah. They just couldn't. Um, but the Chargers are gonna lick their wounds. It'll be interesting to see what their future is. The Jags, I think they're gonna come up short against the Chiefs, though. <sighs> yeah, I mean We'll get to that. We got a couple other games to go over here. Gotcha. Uh, the first game on Saturday. I actually went to the second game on Saturday because it was such yeah. a nice comeback. First game on that Saturday was Seahawks against Niners. Seahawks looked good really early. It looked like, ooh, maybe. I was kind of nervous for you, seeing as that was your Super Bowl pick. Kind of like I was for the uh, the Bengals <laughs> kind of late in that game. I was like, oh, man, my Super Bowl pick get knocked out in the first round. But yeah. they did what the Niners do, and they, they came back and scored, and McCaffrey went off, and Debo went off, and... Kittle did what he had to do, and Brock Purdy looked very, very, very good. Uh, there is absolutely something special with this kid. And, yeah, you got a lot of talent around him, too, but a lot of backups, third stringers come in with talent around him when the starters and second stringers get hurt and they don't perform like Brock Purdy has. Something special with this kid. Do not be surprised next year when opening day, Brock Purdy is the starter by choice under center for that team. Number one, that's a team with a high salary, with spending a lot of money, mm-hmm. and he is on a rookie contract. I mean, Trey Lance is, too. They're not going to go out and sp- spend more money on somebody. No. Lance may or may not be back. Who knows? If they can get something for him and they got Purdy's their guy, you should see him make a move. Um, yeah, Niners, 
I mean, they did what they do in that game. They, after a nice attempt by the Seahawks to start it, and, you know, Gina looked good, and DK was doing what DK does, reality kind of set in, and they just kind of slowly piled on and pulled away. So I, right. there's not, not really too much on this game um, for me, other than Niners look great, and they looked like they're just going to be steamrolling people until they get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and DK is going to do what DK does. Like it's hard, it's hard to limit DK Metcalf because he's so physical and big. And they put a nice effort in, but you needed Geno Smith against this defense to make plays, to make unworldly plays. You're at a disadvantage. You're still a growing team, in my opinion. And their defense leaves a lot to be desired. And you're going against an offense, like you said, loaded with weapons. Yeah. And they're not going anywhere. So, unfortunately for the Seahawks and the Rams and the Cardinals, as long as they have a healthy quarterback, it seems like they're not going anywhere. So, I applaud the the Seattle Seahawks. Um yeah, hell of a season. Like nobody, the, nobody uh, thought they were going to be in you know, hell of a year. And they're going to have a top five, top five for six pick. Yep. And then I think, I think they might lean towards resigning Geno Smith. Rumors are like twenty-five to thirty for him. I think that's fair, uh, especially when this is his only, probably going to be his only big contract. Um, but it's a good start. And and they maintained a lot. Like they didn't give up a lot. Is was what they did. They didn't give up a lot. They got some pieces back in that trade, uh, especially not just the first round pick, but other player pieces that have helped. And I think they're building something. And it's just they needed to play a perfect game. They couldn't turn the ball over. Period. Uh, Kenneth Walker needed to play above a rookie, and unfortunately. He wasn't able to, and the defense just – there's just not enough there, unfortunately, for them yeah. to really put the screws on the 49ers. And, and again, the 49ers' defense is just loaded. Mm-hmm. There's – it starts with Nick Bosa. So, when you from there to Greenlaw to Warner, it, it's a tough team to really go up against. Yeah, and, you're, not, you're, not, you're not even in a secondary at that point. You're still, I, still I didn't in get the there. front. No, That's I, like – it's There's no talent. need to, yeah, it, it's just up and down. So the Seahawks should build on this and, oh, yeah. and try to go into the offseason, figuring out if they want Geno and then build from that. And I think they can compete with the Niners. And if the Niners slip up, if they have, you know, because think of the Niners the past few years, they've had some injury concerns so i don't think it's out of the realm of possibility if they get a few a little bit of that injury bug at the right time of the year they might slip up and the seahawks might be able to pounce but for the for the right now good job for where you got to you fought it out to the last week of the season you won a game you needed to win mm-hmm. and you had something go your way up in up in Green Bay. So hold your heads high and uh, come back next season. And I think they'll have a better season next year in a really tough division. 
and the Niners are just going to keep on rolling. Yeah, nobody nobody saw this team being nine and eight after they traded Russ with the issues they were supposed to have, and uh, they not only were above five hundred, they were they were in the playoffs and competed for a bit. So, if you're a Seahawks fan, it's disappointing how it ended. But yeah, you're right; they have a very bright future, and this team has a lot to look forward to the years coming <clears throat> in the coming years. So, no need to hang your head if you're a Seahawks fan. Uh <laughs> we doubled these two games up last week, and we may do it again here because they both kind of played out the same way, uh, to an extent. Uh yep. the the Bills against the uh the Dolphins and the Bengals hosting the Ravens. Uh we both thought these were gonna be runaways. Um and at points late relatively uh, I'm a mid third quarter in both games. Both the Dolphins and Ravens, I believe, had the lead. I know the Dolphins did, if not the Ravens were tied. But they both had the lead. Yeah. Okay. I thought so. Yeah. Uh, it looked to all the world like you might see the top the two and the three seed get knocked out, and then you know some mistakes were made by the Dolphins, and uh, you know Commissioner Goodell was in the building at the Bills game, so I'll leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it always seems funny that things happen when he's there. Um. Dolphins played a hell of a game. Be very proud of themselves with a third string quarterback in there. And um, I know you got Waddle and, and, and Hill, but if they don't catch balls, I hit them in the hands 50 yards downfield. Uh, you cannot expect your rookie quarterback, mm-hmm. who by all accounts should have been like a deer in the headlights and still performed at, at, a, at a pretty high level, considering his circumstances. Uh, and I mean, there was 150 passing yards easy in that game between their two top stars that were just straight up dropped. That mm-hmm. cannot happen. You do not beat a team like Buffalo Bills dropping passes, especially that first one. That They hit that first one. They connect on that first one in the first quarter when Tom, uh, Thompson or Thomas, whatever, Thompson, right? Thompson. 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 Thompson, yeah. Threw it, hit Waddle in the hands. He drops it 50 yards downfield in the air. I mean, they get that. They have a chance to go up at least 3 nothing. And really shocked the Bills. Like, oh, wow, okay. Like, this team is here to play. Like, just because Tua's not in, and then Bridgewater's not in. But Waddle dropped it. Uh, and and this is this is where regular season greatness and postseason greatness need to mesh for you to be a really elite player. And it did mm-hmm. not happen there. Um, Hill certainly did more than, than Waddle by, by far. Uh, but... You're not a superstar caliber player if you don't make plays. This I don't want to hear this is a third stringer. These balls hit Jalen Waddle in the hands. He could have been a hundred yard receiver with a touchdown, maybe even two in that game. And he just straight up did not show up and perform. He was the difference. The Dolphins <laughs> I mean, this team lost by three, and at one point I think they had a ten point lead. And um they they really, really, really could have won this game and shocked the Bills. And uh didn't uh, the Ravens, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Trevor Lawrence's great play on that two-point conversion to reach the ball over the goal line from a yard out. Uh, Tyler Huntley tried the same thing with the Ravens, who were driving in a 17-17 game against the Bengals. And I believe it was early fourth quarter, and he was not that close. Didn't come within two feet of getting it across the goal line. Got the ball knocked out and in return, 99 yards for a touchdown by a defensive lineman or linebacker, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great play by that guy. Um, 
And that was the final score of the game, 24-17. That was the difference. So who knows? I mean, the Bengals didn't score the rest of the game, even though they were trying. They're only up by one score. So the Ravens get in there. Literally talking about the Ravens shocking the world and upsetting the Bengals, and, and but it didn't. And the weirdness continues with Lamar. Who knows the truth there? Um, and the Ravens, who are normally a franchise that stays away from the drama and the turmoil, um, certainly under Harbaugh, uh, appear to have a bit of a a, a uh, it's a regular regular Broadway musical coming up this offseason <laughs> with with uh, Lamar Jackson. It'll be interesting. I don't think Lamar is a lot to be there next year. I really don't, no matter what they're saying. But both the both the two and three seed one, Bengals and Bills both pulled it off, and now they'll play tomorrow afternoon. I think it's 3.30. Um, that should be a hell of a game. We'll get to that later, too. It, uh... It's a shame because upsets are always fun, and it's always fun to see what teams that are seen as the underdog can do. Uh, and I don't, I don't think there's anybody like in the Jaguar situation, anybody aside from Chiefs fans, who's going to be rooting against Jacksonville tomorrow or later today. I keep saying that wrong. It's today. Jeez. Uh, people love underdogs. People at one point, believe it or not, folks, Patriots were underdogs at one point. The first, the first one they made against the Raiders, and people were rooting for mm-hmm. them. And then we see how that goes, and they turn into one of the more hated teams in the NFL because people don't like seeing teams that aren't their own win repeatedly. Understandable. But, you know, both both these teams are going to have uh, some thinking to do in the offseason, both the Dolphins and the Ravens, and especially at the quarterback, but mainly at the quarterback position. It'll be interesting, but uh, some – you know, Waddle steps up, and then they make a better call on the goal line. You know, both of these teams could have pulled a massive upset last weekend. I think with the Dolphins, my concern going in was, were they going to let him rip? Were they going to just let Skylar Thompson run the offense the way they structured it with Tua? They did. The problem is, as you pointed out, was the failure of the receivers to – do their job and, yep. and catch the ball. And, and I think the biggest point you can make is Skylar Thompson was 18 of 45. 18 of 45. Yeah. Tyreek Hill had seven catches on 15 targets. Mm-hmm. That's – I don't need to go down the whole list. It's almost just as bad all the way down. Uh, Jalen Waddle didn't get his first catch till what third, fourth quarter, fourth quarter, late fourth quarter. Yeah, there's no running game to speak of. Uh, And were the Bills much better in the running game? No, but Singletary did a little bit. James Cook did a little bit. Josh Allen did a little bit. It was like they contributed just enough to to make it work. Stephon Diggs stepped up and did what a number one receiver does in a big game. It's not his first time, won't be his last time. Um, as far as the Ravens, I, that's all I have to say on the Dolphins. It, the, the Dolphins, the, I'll, we'll get into the offseason when, when we get to the offseason. Yeah. I have a lot on the quarterback situation and, and where I think they should go, but we'll leave that for another day. Uh, just because I don't, I could deep dive into that for two hours. The Ravens. 
We said it last year. We said it the year before. We said it the year before. The year after his MVP season, and when I mean him, I mean Lamar Jackson. Not just me saying, not just you saying it. A lot of experts out there saying the offense needs to evolve. The offense needs to be a a, a marry between run and pass, yep. not just run, 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 run. Unfortunately, they still have yet to do that. They have yet to evolve the offense. And unfortunately, there's a narrative with wide receiver. This is not a narrative analysts are putting out there. It's a narrative that receivers will not go to Baltimore because they won't produce. They'll get nothing. I am not going to sit here and say Hollywood Brown was right because he didn't really produce. Not anything there either. Yeah. With the Cardinals. However, he is damaged goods. I will say that. Will he have a better season next year? I don't know. All I'm saying is they don't get much out of free agency and receivers. And Rashard Bateman was not on the field. He was injured. Um, who else am I forgetting? Uh, the other guy, um, not Rashard Bateman. Uh, uh, Duvernay, not healthy. Mm-hmm. De- there, yeah, Demarcus Robinson. Sammy Watkins, and then at the end of the game, it was a throw up, I think, to Demarcus Robinson and James Porsche, who almost caught it. And I think James Porsche had three catches all year. Mm -hmm. Demarcus doesn't have much more. Nice promising career in, in, in Kansas City. Unfortunately, hasn't turned into anything yet. Sammy Watkins, we know what Sammy is. Sammy's it feels bus. like that guy's played for 20 years. I don't know about you. It has. It feels like, and, and I saw what, it's only like his eighth or ninth year. I'm like, something like that. Dude's been playing since 1961. How is that possible? He played with, I think he played with Deshaun in uh, Clemson. Yeah, I just, I don't, um, know, I don't know why. It seems like he's been around forever. It, it the, the, the construct of this offense just, it revolves around Lamar. And if you don't have the talent that Lamar has, which, Tyler Huntley tried to win that game. Tyler Huntley, yeah, he did very well. And yet, he didn't get much support from his receivers because he doesn't have really receivers. And, and I've said this, you know, multiple times. Mark Andrews is a good tight end. He is upper echelon. Yep. He is not the top of the market. Mark Andrews is going to make anywhere from five to reliably eight, nine catches. He's going to get close to 100 yards and he may get a touchdown. On a good day, he's going to get five and 100, or he's going to get like six, 110, and two two touchdowns. He's just not dynamic enough to be the number one option on this offense. Unless Unless you have, and I'll preface this, Chris, unless you have what they built a few years ago, where they had Mark Andrews, they had Hayden Hurst, young tight end, and then they had a third guy. I can't. I can never remember his name. And they all had their jobs, and they all had their roles. But each one of them, to a degree, was a threat in the passing game and the blocking game. If you have that structure, great. But you don't. All you have is Mark Andrews. There's a problem. And as as good as Tyler Huntley, you know, tried his best to run this offense. Tyler Huntley 
needs more receiving help. And I think he could be a better quarterback than Lamar could be. Because you've seen a couple of those plays this past weekend where those are chapter and verse Lamar Jackson plays. Mm -hmm. They just didn't work. They just didn't work because he doesn't have the acceleration that Lamar has. He doesn't have the agility that Lamar has. But one could argue that Tyler Huntley has a little bit more of a passing pedigree. And I don't like what JK did. I don't like that he the, the quarterback didn't get the support. And I'll say this right now. I don't think Tyler Huntley is going to be on the Ravens next year. No, no, I won't. I won't state my opinion on Lamar right now on where he's going to go, but I don't think after the comments by JK and the lack of support by the coaching staff, I don't think Tyler Huntley and he's a restricted free agent. So basically they can put a restricted tag on him and he's on the team. Unless a team comes down and says, we're going to give you this, this draft pick or this draft pick. I think someone would be nuts to not try to go get Tyler Huntley, put him in an offense with a nice running back, a decent, a decent uh, wide receiver core. I think you could see something good out of him over time. Right. He will not be, he will not be back in Baltimore. I'd almost guarantee it. Yeah. Um, I think I think Andrews is is a little better than you're giving him credit for. I think a lot of his problems come in when that offense in general just goes run happy, run happy, and then you get Lamar trying to throw on the run and he throws five yards wide of Andrews. I think when the Ravens stick to their game plan, that's when you see Andrews get you know seven for one twenty and two touchdowns. Um, is he Kelsey? Absolutely not. No, not I'm not certainly not. Um, Kelsey is legitimately, legitimately uh, approaching the discussion of one of the all-time great tight ends. Uh, he's in the discussion, uh, and I think he has a few more years like this. And you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to throw him in there with Tony Gonzalez. You're gonna have to. Um, he's already surpassed Ronk in many categories, so that that debate is kind of a wash at this point. Uh, I mean, I, I pulled up the numbers real quick. And I mean, and, and you can't even say, oh, well, he plays with Travis. He plays with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Ron played with prime Tom Brady. So, I mean, <laughs> that's a wash. Kelsey, yeah, he already has uh, more receiving yards and uh, probably about significantly fewer touchdowns. I think he has regular season touchdowns probably about 16 or 17 less. He'll catch that. Without a problem, Tyshison Strong has gotten into a second retirement. Um, yeah, Andrews is one of the top tight ends in the game. Um, I I would feel comfortable with Kittle's inconsistency and being able to play healthy to place him three or four. I think you can throw Darren Waller in there too when he's healthy. He's he's a beast. Um, yeah, obviously Kelsey's number one, but. Uh, yeah, this. I think there's parallels though with Kelsey's. Kelsey, would you agree is the number one option in Kansas City? Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, Mark Andrews is the number one option in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. But you're not getting the same. You're, you're yeah. not getting the same kind of offense. Albeit, Patrick Mahomes, 
Is that a different level than Lamar? Yeah, when it comes to passing, absolutely, yeah. Um, And winning in general. But I think the comp is there where they're trying to treat Mark Andrews like the number one option. And unless you have Lamar fully healthy, playing at his peak, it doesn't quite work with Tyler Huntley or anyone other than Lamar Jackson. It's, It's Lamar or you're going to get the result you got this season where they were okay. They they survived the AFC North. Uh, they got a wild card spot. Is Cleveland going to get better? They might. I don't know. Is Pittsburgh going to get better? Probably because, well, Pittsburgh yeah. gets better. Are a couple of the teams that just missed the playoffs going to get better? The Patriots going to get better? Probably. Are the Dolphins going to be a little bit better than last year? Maybe. Do you get to face the Dolphins with a two with Tua? Maybe. Like that's what, and that's what's going to go into the factoring with Lamar. I mean, their OC got well. There's debate on did the OC leave or did he get fired? Uh-huh. I don't know what the truth is. All I know is their OC is gone. The one that constructed this offense is gone. So be that as it may, I think this is a pivotal offseason for the Ravens. Which way they go is going to determine the 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 direction of of the rest of Harbaugh's tenure in in Baltimore. Because if they try to rebuild, I don't think he's going to be long for that team. Yeah, that'd be that'd be something. I mean, he's one of the like tentpole coaches in the league that kind of like, okay, you know he's good there, but if you don't win, I mean, for a few seasons, and you're not really competitive, you're not improving, the ownership will move on. I mean, there's some teams where they're just, they just continue to get different coaches every year. Like, you're going to be able to install your entire game plan on a bad team in one season. I don't get that, but alright, the other game, last Saturday, or is this Sunday, was... Having three different games, uh, game days last weekend really threw me off. Uh, was the Giants and the Vikings? And look, we, I, I did. I can't remember what you picked. I did pick the Vikings to win that game, but I did. We did both did say this was the one game that weekend where we could see, uh, there really being a potential for the underdog, quote underdog, to win. And the Giants went in there, and that. Game. That was the first. That was a fun game to watch, especially the first three quarters when they were all just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And the Giants pulled it out when they had to, and when it mattered most, with Adam Thielen, who's still, still a, a, a high, high, high caliber receiver, with a tight end like Hawkinson, who's been who's been catching everything thrown at him, with arguably the best receiver in the game, definitely top three, Justin Jefferson. I, I personally think he's the best now. That we don't know who's throwing to Devontae Adams. Kirk Cousins, Mr. Guaranteed Contract, throws a three-yard check down on fourth and eight with a season on the line. Doesn't throw it up to Justin Jefferson because God knows he can't make contested catches. No. I mean, the man makes some of the most ridiculous circuit catches you've ever seen in triple coverage. And Kirk Cousins doesn't think enough just to throw it up to him. Let Justin Jefferson make something happen. If he, if Justin Jefferson can't make something happen, nobody can. Right. So you don't have a better option. I know there's a one-on-one with Hawkinson, but you're not past the first down marker. Things happen. 
And this just proves why Cousins is never in the MVP category, never in the MVP conversation, regardless of how well he performs in the first half to three quarters of the season. Because in crunch time, mm-hmm. uh, the only time he's ever won in prime time is when the refs made a bad call to overturn a Patriots touchdown late in that game <laughs> right. on Thanksgiving on Hunter Henry's clear touchdown. Was it? I mean, touchdown for Travis Kelsey three days earlier, but not for Hunter Henry that night. Whatever. Um. Yeah, they did. <laughs> this this is why everybody shook their head when they keep extending. Kirk Cousins, and they keep saying he's this and he's that, and he's not the guy. He can get you to the playoffs, but he's not getting any further, and he's proven that time and time again. I mean, it's not a great mystery to me. I, I keep saying this and saying this and saying this. If this is what you want in Minnesota, there you go. That's what you get. Yep. Mediocrity. You you made the playoffs. Great. Grand. But you didn't get any farther than that. And and it's just a sad, sad state of affairs for the Minnesota Vikings. And they're on the hook next year for $30 million of Kirk Cousins. Yeah, he's not going anywhere either. That's the thing. He's going to be the starter next year. He's going to have to be. They yeah, can't afford not to. No. Um, you got Jefferson's contract coming up in a couple of years. You can't afford dead cap. Right. And they're going to, and regardless, Chris, uh, even after next year, they incur dead cap uh, because the contract voids after 2020, after 2023. So they're going to get dead cap. Regardless? Regardless. They're going to get 12 and a half in 2024 and 6.25 in 2025. Like that's what happens when you restructure contracts. It's a bad contract structure. Yeah. Uh, You're kicking the can down the. We've said it already multiple times this this postseason and, and at the end of the regular season. The Saints are in the position they're in because of what they did. They kept kicking that can down the oh, Drew Brees retired and look what they're what I think they have maybe this offseason and then they'll be out of their cap hell, but but look who really look, knows. Not to cut you off, I'm sorry, but just before I forget, look what they did. The Saints had that problem, and then they continued to sign people and continue to extend people and continue to restructure things instead of just saying, we're going to suck for a year. We're going to be bad. Yep. But then it's going to be clear and we can rebuild, which is what the Patriots did because they did the same thing to Brady, and they had a lot of dead cap that first year after he left. That's why instead of having $30 million in cap space, they had like 2.5 to sign Cam Newton to a one-year, $1 million contract. Everybody was all pissed at him, and it's like, do not mortgage the future for people that might not help you need a rebuild you have to bring new people in and that's exactly what they did did everyone work out no john smith has not worked out nelson aguilar's made some nice catches seems like a good dude hasn't really panned out kendrick Bourne, i think could uh but god knows that that matt judon has that guy's been an absolute beast uh until you know defense kind of slowed down the last couple of games he could have been in a defensive player of the year conversation and still honestly could be um. Yeah, it, 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 how you, how you do these things is so important, and people don't realize that they just want results now. And when you don't have it, and you're you're mortgaging the future on it, you better make sure it works. And the Patriots are smart enough to see there's nothing we can do this year to compete. We're going to take this hit. We're going to do the best we can. We're going to get a good draft pick. We're going to go get another quarterback or high draft position. 
mm-hmm. and then start rebuilding. That's what they did. And the Saints are still in purgatory waiting because they had to sign Kamara. That looks bad now. Michael Thomas' contract looks abysmal. Those aren't going away. Nope. So some teams learn and some teams don't. It was so bad your head coach was like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm gonna go I'm gonna go do TV for a little bit and relax and before I go back to this stressful environment. Um yeah, sorry, I don't want to cut you out there. You were going, but I, I just, no, it sorry. shows sorry. you how the intelligence of the front office of some teams are the reason some teams can maintain around, at least in the aura of comp- being competitive, and other teams are like, oh, well, we'll just win four games for the next decade. And and that kind of brings us to the team that actually won, the Giants, which phenomenal game by then. And they look good all around. Daniel Jones did what he needed to do. Yeah. Saquon was made some plays. Isaiah Hodges comes out of nowhere. Kenny Galladay stepped on the field. Stepped on the field, he didn't get a catch, but he stepped on the field. Good job. Hey, he was only 74 catches short of a bonus this year, so only... put some spec on that man's name. <laughs> um, I think with this team, it <laughs> it puts a strain on the front office every win they get. Because now they have to sit there and decide. Are we signing both Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley? Are we picking one of them? Or are we moving on from both of them? Because they decided not to pick up the fifth-year option on uh, on at least one of them. Jones. I think, uh, yeah, Jones and Saquon's on his last year, his fifth-year yep. option. Yep. So, like, now they're in this position where, crap, Daniel's playing like we – want him to play oh, i know what they're and gonna do. so okay. i'm not gonna cut you off but i know what they're gonna do they're, they're gonna i think what they're gonna do is they're gonna franchise yeah. daniel jones yeah and they're gonna sign saquon barkley there we to go. A long-term my thoughts contract. exactly my thoughts that's exactly what they're gonna, that's what yep. they're gonna do because it just makes more sense and then they give it if they can survive franchising daniel jones for two years and he proves it then they might give him a long-term contract. Oh, no, not two. Well, I I am just saying, like, it. you know my opinion on running backs. All right, they have a short shelf life. Saquon is 25 right now. You give him four years, five-year contract, and if you can survive two franchise years with, with Daniel Jones, then you can give – Daniel, that long-term contract. Now you staggered your your uh, salary cap issue because then Saquon probably comes up and you don't re-sign him at for a second contract. And now you got your supposed quarterback of the future. And and what it does is it really proves to the team that Daniel Jones is the guy that he went out there and did that for two straight years. Now you give him a guaranteed contract for what four or five years, six years, whatever you want to do. I just think that's a might be a better move for them. I thought, but my whole my grand point was it's it it just makes it harder for this team to look at either one of those two and say we're moving on from you every time they win a game. It's we we can't. Dayball is building this team around these two to be mm-hmm. the offense. 
subtract one of them. I don't know if it plays as well. Unless you can get somebody with the mobility of Daniel Jones, but also with the passing and can work with Brian Dayball in his offensive mind, uh, uh, scheme. It'll be interesting. If I had to pick one, Chris, I would pick Saquon Barkley. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think if, if you knew both are going to perform at the level they have this year, if you knew 100% without a doubt and you can only afford one, I think you take Jones. I think there's so he's been this hasn't been the Daniel Jones the first three years that we've seen there's been flashes but it's the guy that tripped mm-hmm. over his own feet in the way the end zone and look I'm not trying to I'm not trying to look that things happen I'm clumsy as hell I'm not on national television playing quarterback though um I'm not trying to like crucify the guy for that I mean th- things happen it's embarrassing obviously he didn't mean for it to happen uh but I mean the dude tripped over his own feet so I mean but then this year he's looked like got it together because imagine that imagine a quarterback needing a year or two three to learn imagine that it's like almost like not everyone's Patrick Mahomes go figure uh even, so even Mahomes sat a year well a year I mean it wasn't year four before he kicked it in that's what that's what kind of what I'm getting at is I mean he, oh, okay all I mean is like he sat and then all of a sudden he was like rocket ship boom to the top um right. and not everybody does that same thing with people getting down on Mac Jones or 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 uh, even Zach Wilson. Like, they haven't had the best environment around to, to, to compete. I, I mean, it, it takes time sometimes. And, you know, Daniel Jones has proved, yeah, he's not going to go out there and throw 400 yards a game, but he doesn't have to because he's mobile and they have a good running game. And that line, they invested so much, for, you know, uh, so much in free agency and draft capital-wise as finally... <laughs> last, has finally uh, seemed to be doing what they were all very handsomely paid or drafted for to do. And I don't know what their cap situation is. I know I could easily look at it, but by the time I'm fine, I'd be done with my conversation. I think you keep them both. And I think you do. I don't, I agree almost with everything you said as far as your franchise, Daniel Jones, because that's going to probably come into, what, 20, 25 million. It's what, the average of the top 10. It might even be higher. It might even be around 30. And then you pay Saquon, give him a four-year deal. Say, hey, we're going to give you a four-year deal. You're still a free agent when you're 29. And you might be able to get a decent-sized contract then if you stay healthy enough. And he hasn't been healthy the entire time. Remember, this guy has been taking the abuse for, I mean, the first year he played almost the entire season, if not the entire season. And then he's been in and out hurt. And hasn't been really utilized. So, I mean, he's still got more tread on the tires than you think he would out in his fourth year. Fifth year, whatever it is. Uh, this guy is legit. And let's not forget, I believe he's on his fifth year option year now. So, he's getting paid already the average of the top ten. So, that's cap room that's going to be cleared next year that's already going to him. So, you're going to have to pay a little bit more than you're already paying him this year to sign him long-term, and you're going to have that extra money for Jones. Uh, you can just give him a contract if you're convinced he's the guy, or you can say, hey, look, we have, you can go to him and say, we have to stagger it. You're going to make $30 million this year as, as a franchise quarterback, and um, we'll negotiate. We'll negotiate during the season or in the offseason or, or whatever you want to do 
Uh, but it's not a knock on you. It's we have to stagger it. We can play it off like that. And if you're Jones, you know, he's made it was your sixth overall pick. He's made that money for four years, and he's gonna go make thirty million dollars next year as 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 you know, franchise tag quarterback of the Giants. I wouldn't be upset about that. Because if you perform the same way, yeah. you're gonna now get a a, a a contract with a guarantee that's gonna probably be 130, 140 million for I don't know, seven, eight years at least. That's averaging thirty to thirty five. It's a win win. Uh I don't think they I don't think they franchise a second year because that's such an astronomical cap hit for one year. Um No it is, yep. But I mean it'd be the same hit if they signed him, so who knows? I think if they come out and they continue if they, it comes out next season, they franchise him this offseason, comes out next year and he looks still looks just the same way he did this year, but maybe even better with some improvements, maybe, you know, I don't know, a little bit more accurate pass. I have no idea. I don't I don't watch a ton of Daniel Jones, I just see highlights. Uh I could easily see this guy getting a long-term contract with the Giants, and I would not have said that. Not have said that when this year started before he stepped on the field. But this team has really come around, and I, I, I would be remiss if I did not mention, I think you may have said this, uh, and at the time I disagreed with you, but after seeing the last month or so, I, I think I've changed my mind. I said at one point Brian Dayball was a shoe in for Coach of the Year, and he still might be. Uh, but Doug Peterson has got to get some consideration in that category. Absolutely has to get some consideration because that team was a mess last year. That team was an absolute mess last year. Urban Meyer just did nothing but regress that team. And Doug Peterson, for whatever anybody wanted to say about bringing him in, those players love him. That guy has that team believing. They want him there. He wants to be there. Those players want him there. Those players want to play for him. You cannot ask for more. So, just wanted to get that out there before I forgot, because I was trying to say it earlier, and I completely forgot yeah. who I had said. And then you said Dable. I was like, Dable, that's who I said, Coach of the Year. I had to write this stuff down. But this Giants team, I mean, we'll move on to the, the Monday night game. This Giants team, they're going to have to play top teams now. They're going to have to They're gonna play the number one seed today, tonight. And then next week, if they make it through, they're going to play either 49ers or the Cowboys. Let's be real. They're going to play the 49ers. Do not be surprised. I'm telling you. I know it sounds crazy. Do not be surprised. February 12th, if the Giants are the team running out of that tunnel for the NFC, representing that conference. They have a team. They have a look. They have a feel the way they play. It feels just like, uh, what, what was it? The years they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. 42 and 46. Yep. yep. This team feels that same way. Like, Playoffs started, and now they're going to step it up. They hit. The way they play, ball control offense, and they finish drives. That is dangerous if you're a top team, because if you have a bad game going in there, if the Eagles go out in their first drive and Jalen Hurts throws a deep ball to A.J. Brown and Brown drops it or it gets picked off, mm-hmm. watch all the momentum swing to the Giants, and they won't give it back. I think this team is going to beat the Eagles today, 100%. Okay. okay. I absolutely believe that. And... uh yeah, so when I'm wrong, I'll come back next week and, and pick somebody else. But uh, do I think they're going to beat the Niners next week? Uh, probably not. But they have the team makeup to do it. You never know. Um, clear up a couple of things before I move on to the uh, 
last game that we sure. have to go over. Um, Giants got $54 million in cap space. Saquon made seven this year, and they're projecting somewhere between 11 and 12. So it's a little bit of a upgrade. Fun fact, Daniel Jones would be making 22 next year if they picked up his option. So and he's probably – Right, and they're probably they're probably gonna have to pay him more. Yeah. So this is this is the double edged sword on yeah. not picking up the fifth year option. Um and they got a couple other receivers, Sterling uh Darius Slayton's a free agent, Dalvin Thompson, their big defensive tackle is a free agent. So they got some guys that they have to bring back. And unfortunately that that you know Wide receiver contract for one Mr. Kenny Galladay is hampering things. Oh, yeah. But can they move him? I mean, isn't he going? Yeah, uh, there's like 14 million dead cap. I don't yeah. know if it'd be prudent to move him. But I would say, even if you make a net positive of $1 million in a trade, I mean, it's probably more beneficial. It's not doing much on the field for you. No. Uh, the roster spot might be better used to someone on a special teams or, you know, a third wide running back or a backup te- uh, offensive line. You know, someone who's beneficial because right now Kenny Galladay's got nothing going on. And I know, I know, look, they said this guy didn't really fit into the game plan before he was signed, but I have never seen a drop off from a guy who, yep. I mean, with Detroit when Stafford was throwing to him, looked like. He, I mean, we both said, and you were on it earlier than I was, this guy's a top five receiver for the next decade. And it goes to show you, you can have the talent if you're not in the right situation and you don't perform. There's no reason Kenny Galladay can't learn that play up and go out and change his game and be a competitive and be a respectable receiver. Right. There's no reason he can't. So is it effort? Is it they won't change anything to fit his abilities? Like, this is a bad marriage for the two of them for the player and the team from the beginning. Everyone knew it. And it's come to fruition. So I, it, it's sad because what was once a promising career is pretty much just a, eh, what what could have what could have been if you went to the right team. And, and that's what you got to realize, you know, if you're a player in the NFL, it's like you can't just look at the money. You can't look at the guaranteed money. You got to look at, is this going to be a fit? Am I going to yeah. succeed here? I mean, unless it's guaranteed money, Chris, then maybe you can be like, well, if it doesn't work out, they still have to pay me, which is fine. But if it's you're not getting guaranteed money, you have to look at that and be like, okay, um, is this going to be a fit for me and my skill set? Am I going to be able to work? Because he got signed – under the Joe Judge regime, so yep. it's a whole different, whole different game going on there. Uh, there is, it's very easy for a team to come to the New York Giants, though, and say, "Hey, look, you got Kenny Galladay. We've seen how he plays. Here's, here's a draft pick. Call it what you will, fifth round, sixth round. You're not going to get too much value from him, and and just." Offer it up to him. And yeah, yeah, it'd be a net positive if they, if they traded him, Chris. So, um, yeah, because it looks like they'd have, they'd have, they'd save $14 million. Yeah. 
and and but and there's still some uh base salary so it's not it's not a cheap it wouldn't be a cheap acquisition by a team so you're definitely looking at it if you're a team you're going to invest millions and millions of dollars in kenny galladay you're going to give up a sixth or seventh round pick maybe you make it um have some triggers if they make the playoffs or he plays a certain amount of games or certain snaps, certain yardage, whatever you want to do. But if I'm a team and I look at that base salary, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be carrying that much money in a wide receiver that I think I can make work in my offense, but I'm not hundred percent sure. But then there's a flip side, Chris, you can easily cut them because it's, it's base salary. He gets paid by game. So you're not on the hook for anything other than every time he's a game goes on. So I think there's that, that benefit, but it is a risk. I will say it is a risk for him to trade for him, but I think if, you know, not the lions, but maybe like if the Rams are looking for another piece, there's that Stafford connection. Maybe that might work for him, but I, I I would just move on from him. That's my opinion. And then we gotta get to the Monday night game. Yeah, I mean not a lot, not a lot to go on there other than uh you know, we this the is Buc- actually the, the one game we we disagreed on, Chris. Yeah, I, I did I think the Buc- I thought the Bucks were gonna go in there and Brady's gonna yeah. have one last real good playoff performance before they got beat by the team the following week. Uh they did not. They came out really flat for all the talent that's on that team. Uh, they, it, I don't know. It just did not seem to be working. Um, but you know, I, I'm not trying to bag on Brady. I, you know, I, I've, I, I bagged on him a lot after he left New England, and I kind of got over it. I was a jilted, a jilted fan at that point. <laughs> uh, look, there seems to be a habit where I'm, I'm sure he's trying or he thinks he's trying, but when he knows he's not going to be with the team the following season. You do not get prime Tom Brady. You do not get fired up Tom Brady. You had Tom Brady going through the motions on Monday night, uh, which is kind of what you've gotten most of the season, which is exactly what happened the last game in New England. The last pick yep. he threw in New England for all, all his legendary exploits in New England. The last thing he threw was a, was, a, was a essentially a dead, dying quail pick six to Logan Ryan, I believe it yep. was, yep. yep, against the Titans, uh, and then just kind of walked off the field and out of you know the history books in New England. Um, or into the history books in New England uh, before he went to Tampa Bay to appease his then wife, which worked out swell. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, there appears – and look, I don't blame him. Like, if I know I'm going to leave a job too. I'm not putting in above and beyond, but I'm also not making $25 million a year. Uh, so, man, there's that. Um, I think he's clearly going to play next year. Yes. I mean, o- otherwise, everybody's like – you know, otherwise the whole, all the memes of Tom Brady really traded his family to go to get knocked out by the Cowboy, you know, like there's that. Uh, I think he plays next year. Um, I don't think the options of teams to play for him be competitive. I don't think I'm going to like where he lands personally. Uh, Cause I think, man, I don't know. I, I think, I think you're going to see. Well, I have a theory. I think you're going to see the Jets or Dolphins make a big push yep. to get this guy. They have the cap room and they have the talent other than the quarterback position. Uh, so um, there's that. 
Uh, and another thing, shame on Dak Prescott. Shame on Dak Prescott. You're supposed to be a team leader. Uh, you got paid way above your talent grade. Uh, you appear to be a nice stat collector because you're not a team leader. Because when Brett Maher missed four extra points, which is absolutely ridiculous, but he missed four extra points, you were on the sideline complaining, bitching to your coach, telling him to go for two because he couldn't get it done. You were throwing your helmet and acting like a child. When you, throw was... bat, when you throw bad interceptions, Dak, like you do all the time, nobody mm-hmm. on that sideline is against you. You want to be a leader, act like it. Shame on you. And where was uh, C.D. Lamb? C.D. Lamb was sticking up for his guy. Absolutely. C.D. Lamb he, proved he's he a team right, player. Right there next to him saying, hey. Yeah. And I know maybe he – I don't know if he knew there was video on him or not. I think players assume there's always video on them, so – they're just naturally going to do what they naturally do because like look at Bosa and his, you know, exploding Dak Prescott and him exploding. Um, it's unfortunate to see my cousin do that. Um, I do take <laughs> partial responsibility for that. Um, keep it in check. I tried to call him, but he did not want to talk about it though. He wanted to keep that on the low. Um, but I like what CD lamb did, you know, Hey, we got your back. We're going to win yep. this no matter what. So, I like that. Um, it was disappointing to see that, though. Very was disappointing to see him just. Does it suck that he went one for five? Oh, terrible. It absolutely, Awful. It absolutely does. Totally. Totally. He doesn't need to be told that. No. He's going to hear from th- whether that happened with Dak or not. He was going to hear it for the next week about how they need to bring in another kicker. How bad is it that you can't hit, you know, 90% of your extra points in a game? How this, how that, you're suck. He knew he was going to hear that after he missed about two. And then it just got, got in his head. Yeah. But for then your star quarterback to go ahead and do that, I, 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 and I see that they're supporting him by him being, but they did bring up, they did bring in a kicker to be there just in case they didn't feel like he was ready, but look, I don't blame him for that. No, I I certainly don't blame him for that. I, and I don't blame them for bringing them in. And I wouldn't blame them if they behind closed doors, handle their business as a team. Mike McCarthy called the guy in said, it said, you know, this isn't acceptable. We're going to have to go with somebody else. We have to be able to win. We have to, be able to rely on you. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, we're going to leave you inactive for this game. Clear your head. And if we're in the NFC championship, we'll bring you back. We'll see. Uh, this guy's been a pretty solid kicker all year. Had a bad game. It happens. Right. MVP caliber quarterbacks have 110 yard passing games with, with four picks. It happens. Uh, and for Dak, who has never proven anything in this league other than like he, he can collect a lot of stats and, and he beat a sulking Tampa Bay team last week. And, and like, when did now they, they have to play real competition. And when did when did the uh, Bucks score? They didn't score till the end of the third quarter. Yeah, you're up twenty four to nothing. Yeah. Uh huh. I don't know when he did it because I didn't watch the game. But no matter what time frame he did that, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. And he made his last one. So. Like you, if this is team is going to be successful, he needs to be measured in situations like this. Do I want him excited? Yes, I want him pumping up his team. But this crap, like 
your kicker's feeling like crap already, man. He he missed four extra points in a row. I understand those four points could come into play at the end of the game. But like you said, you faced a Bucks team that basically was oh, chucking it in. We're good. We're good. This was a sad AFC NFC South division this year. Yeah. We barely won. We probably should have lost one of those games so we didn't have to show up in Dallas for the playoffs just because this 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 turned into just an absolute shit show. But they made it. If I'm if I'm Dallas, I'm not optimistic though. This this is not going to be a pretty game. Just my opinion. Coming up. Yeah. Oh uh, no, I don't either. I, I think I, I agree. I think. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, and let's not forget this um this Cowboys team that was uh, uh playing for a a potential one seed. Uh, they did not know the outcome of the Giants-Eagles game at that point. If the Eagles lose to the Giants, which was very possible in that game, it was only a six-point difference, uh, it was possible. And the Cardinals beat the Niners. If, say, the Niners know they don't have a shot for the number one seed, and they just, you know, later on, you know, they, they just decide to rest some of their starters going in because they know the Eagles locked it up earlier, which they didn't. They still decided to go out there and play. They lock up the two seed. Uh, but this is a Cowboys team had a shot for the one seed in the division, even on the last day. And Dak threw several awful-looking interceptions against a commander's team that was on their third quarterback and wasn't even playing at full capacity. And Dak goes in there with everything potentially on the line and just lays an absolute egg. And he's got the balls to sit there and criticize one of his teammates. Be pissed. That's fine. Hold it in. Talk to him in the tunnel. Talk to him in the locker room. Say it to his face after the game. That's fine. That's fine. Don't embarrass the guy on national television. You're supposed to be a team. Supposed to be a team. And you prove, Dak, exactly how much your teammates can rely on you to be there when it matters. Mm-hmm. And they may be, you know, Clown. the fifth seed. They may be the fifth seed, Chris, but I mean, if if you were able to match up the Cowboys against the Giants. Or the Cowboys against the Seahawks. I would say the odds are the Seahawks and the Giants are going to give them a better game, and they might not, might win the game. Yeah. Uh, but you're. I think I think you're just going to see Dallas roll into San Francisco and just get their their hinges kicked right off, man. That their, their doors are going to get knocked down, and and they are not. They're not going to handle this well at, after the game. It's it, Jerry's going to go all Jerry on the Cowboys coaching staff. I think McCarthy might get his get canned. You can't do anything with that that, that team though, because that team is locked in the bad contracts. It's Jerry. You built you built your bed. You're going to have to lay in it because it it's going to be rough for a little while with this this. This construct of a team that I, I just 40 god damn 49 million next year for Dak. We went over this, I think, last week or the week before, how they're just locked in. Yep. And and at some point Diggs is gonna need a new contract, CD's gonna need a new contract, Mika Parsons is gonna need a new contract, 
unless you staggered it quite uh, perfectly, I would be, not be optimistic about this uh, this whole situation where they're just gonna they're just gonna get into cap purgatory and and Dak is just Dak's got fifty two million coming in twenty twenty four and then he's in a new contract so. This team, man, this, this, the, the Cowboys, I, I don't, did I, I don't think I sent it to you. Uh, there was a Stephen A clip on how he hates Cowboys fans. And it <laughs> yeah. was so dead on. Now, I think you did saying, send it to me. I think I've seen that before. Okay. And then I'm not saying, you know, Patriots fans are any better, but Cowboys fans, man, they are just, irritating to no end when you have to deal with one. Well, and the I don't problem with... is they still act like they're, they're, they still act like they're the same team that won all those games. And that, and when is that Chris? When was, when was that? The Mid nineties. Where are we right now? We're three years past the dynasty. So, I mean, I think the good thing on the Patriots fans, you're starting to see the bandwagoners drop off and you're getting a lot of the real fans that actually care about the team sticking around. So, which is how it was before Brady. I think, Chris, I think the favor that Tom did for us is that he still played after. So he pulled uh, a lot of those, uh, you know, fair fair weather ones. Yeah. To Tampa Tampa, Bay. He's like, "Uh, okay, you going to Tampa Bay? You going to wear that Tampa Bay jersey? Go ahead and stay there. What's that, 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 that meme? I don't know if it's from Game of Thrones or not, where it's like people, Patriots fans talking about, oh, this team is this and this team is that. And I remember oh, Brady's only his team has always been good. Once you only know it being good, it's like right. my sweet summer child. Remember the it before was, time. That's right. Remember the dark ages. We've been through this before. We'll be fine. And if we're not, if this team doesn't win a Super Bowl for the next twenty years, you know what? We had a twenty-year run that was so unbelievably exciting as a fan to be part of. Like, I can't. <laughs> I remember when I used to play Madden before the 2001 yeah. season and the Patriots would win the Super Bowl because I was controlling them. And I'd be like, yes. oh, this is nice fantasy, but it'll never happen. That's great. <laughs> and then to have the run like they had, it was like something from a video game. It was incredible. And I don't think it'll ever be duplicated, um, but it was that's, amazing. That, that's kind of like the the Wolverines won in 97 and they were the co-national championships. Don't get me started. <laughs> um since then though chris like it's been nothing yeah it's been and some years it's been just like what in the god's name are you putting on the field but hey every year start of the new season hey let's get it going boys and now i i'm getting a little hope because it's two years in a row the college football championship playoffs and and you know they didn't do well but you know Hey, they got there and we're building something. But yeah. I, I, this is what I say to, to, to anyone who wants to be a bandwagon jumper. Go ahead and do it. That's what you want to do. If you want to yeah, be yeah. a fan of the, the Lakers, the Yankees, uh, the Patriots or the Cowboys, uh, whatever, uh, probably the Penguins would be the most hated one in, in hockey. You you want to be a fan of the, the the teams? That's fine. Parody's gonna catch up with you, and eventually your team is gonna suck. You know, so, you know yeah. 
just just do what you want. You can do whatever you want. I would say as a fan, support the team you want to support. Back them in the uh, – cheer for them in the great times. Support them in the worst times. And, you know, before we move on to this this the weekend slate of games, I'll say one thing that this has taught me as far as the, the, the 20-year run the Patriots had is appreciate greatness. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't like the team. I know so many people that just completely and utterly deny Tom Brady's talent, and it's like it makes you look stupid. It makes you look and sound stupid because it's on the field. And I don't want to hear about the scandals because there is not one single person, one single person in this game with so much money and notoriety on the line that does every single thing on the up and up. You can lie to yourself if you want to, or no. You can lie to everybody else if you want to, but you can't lie to yourself. I said that wrong, which doesn't sound good, but either way. I, I, do I like the Kansas City Chiefs? No, I'm a Patriots fan. Do I enjoy watching Patrick Mahomes play? How can you not? Right. How can you not? He is so freaking good. No matter what they do, no matter who's around him, he makes it happen. He makes it work. Yep. It's I'm not a Bengals fan. It's the same with Joe Burrow, and it's cool now. Everybody's cheering for them. Everybody's happy for them because the Bills have been good for a couple of years. People are starting to tire of them who aren't Bills fans. Uh, and I'm sorry. But no one's hoping the Bills win the Super Bowl, aside from Bills fans, because Demar Hamlin, wish him well. But I don't care what the Bills do on the field. Um, and the Bengals are the are the new pretty girl at the dance. Well, give them three, two or three more years of dominance, and people are going to start getting on them too. They're going to start hitting on them, and then whatever the next team is that comes up with somebody else is going to be the the new sweetheart. It's Jag- how it goes. Jag- it's going to be the Jaguars. Yeah, a- appreciate appreciate that. You don't have to like the team. And I'm not saying root against your team when you play them, but let's stop denying talent. Let's stop denying talent because it makes you sound stupid as a fan. And then you, you can't you can't discuss you can't discuss a game like football with so many intricacies with somebody who is just too dumb to realize what's in front of their face. So smarten up, everyone. All right, on to this weekend's slate of games. Um, we've kind of already we kind of already. Uh, yeah, uh, got through most of our results. Uh, we'll go with the first one here, which I thought was tomorrow, but it is not. Uh, and I have a problem with the scheduling too. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But uh, <laughs> Chiefs, Jags, who you got here? I have uh, the Chiefs. I, I want to go with the Jags. I want to believe they can do it, but I can't. I can't go against Patrick Mahomes in a game like this. Uh, I got to go with the Chiefs too. But man, I'll be pulling for the Jags to put up a good fight. Maybe pull it out, but I don't think it'll actually happen. Giants, Eagles. I am uh, going to go with the Eagles. I am going to go with the Giants. Okay. I think they played that game they played last week against the Vikings, and it's going to be a two-score game by the end against the Eagles. Yeah, I think they're going to be a little rusty, the Eagles are, but um, as soon as they crank it, it's gonna be it's gonna to be tough for the the Giants to stop them. That's just my opinion. Bengals at Bills. I have the Bengals pulling this one out. I do as well. I think I know we're both going with this one. Yeah. Uh, the 49ers and the Cowboys. Uh, the Niners are just gonna roll over them. It's gonna be ugly. Yeah. It's it's gonna get real ugly real quick. They're gonna to try to run the ball. It's not gonna be successful. They're gonna to try to pass the ball. I would say Dak is going to throw at least two picks. And I'm going to say one of them 
is going to be by either Greenlaw or Warner for a pick six. I should absolutely see that. Uh, well, let's just keep going with it, and then we'll then we'll go back and discuss points of each game sure. if we need to. Uh, AFC Championship game. We both have Chiefs against Bengals. Yep. You got. I have the Chiefs. I have the Bengals. NFC Championship. You have the Eagles or the Niners at the Eagles. And of course, uh, wait. I think you're going to go with Niners, right? Because you picked them yep. for yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, I. I will too. I. I Giants are a really nice story, but I think their luck runs out against the Niners. So I'm going to go with Niners as well. And then your Super Bowl, Chiefs, Niners, who you got? Uh, I'm going with the Niners, man. Figured. Just wanted to double check. Brock, Brock. Brock's bringing it, man. I'm going Bengals. Joey B gets his ring and pushes Cincinnati from hopeful fans to championship fan base. So. We will, we will see. Uh, I just want to get that documented so I don't forget again. Uh, oh, don't worry. I have, uh, I have everything. Oh, do you? oh, okay. Well, I wish I myself. Well, I have mine. Thing. I have mine. I don't know if you had. Yours. I know what mine were from last week. Anyways, I, I was I think cool. half and half. But all right. So now we have that <clears throat> yep. done with. Um, any point of any of these three games? I, actually, no, real quick, I want to bring it up. I don't understand. Sure. I understand the historic significance of having. Uh, Cowboys and Niners. That's the last game of the weekend at six thirty on Sunday night, which is, uh, you know, <clears throat> I get maybe putting that on Saturday night, but all three of these other games have mm-hmm. an aspect that for me puts that way above this. Yeah, they're going to get viewers for that game, but you got Patrick Mahomes going against the former number one pick uh, and Trevor Lawrence, up and coming guy against a team that looks phenomenal, against the standard bearer of the AFC. Uh, the Chiefs, I know the Bengals beat them last year, but, you know, whatever. Uh, it's, the Chiefs still got the ring. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's a story in and of itself. And you have the number one seed Eagles against the, uh, the, 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 the Giants coming out of nowhere. Nobody saw them having a year like this. And playing atop of their game, division game, that could be a big story. Bills and the Bengals. I mean, this this has a this has a potential. The Bengals and Bills to be game of the year, absolutely could be. I think. Unfortunately, we all know what happened with Demar Hamlin the last time they played a couple weeks ago. That game was looking like it could have been in that category as well. Uh, these are two phenomenal teams uh, who had difficulty in the first round. And I'll just say this about that: division games. They both play division opponents. Do I think the Bills are a little overhyped? Yeah, they, I say this to Ben all the time. Whenever you see the Bills struggle, the Bills walk around like they've won five straight Super Bowls, and they've actually never won anything. Huh. So you got to win at some point before you have that swagger. Otherwise, it gets really annoying. Uh, and um, the Bengals and the Ravens always play each other tough. So I, I would not be surprised at all to see either a team go out there and absolutely let up the scoreboard or – have a defensive battle. This game can go so many different ways. It really can. It'll be interesting. But why, how you put the Cowboys and the Niners on Sunday night? I know the Niners are the hottest team as far as winning streak goes. Uh, but, I mean, they're a West Coast team. And a majority of the country, not everyone sits around all day on Sunday like I, like I do. Or, or you would if you weren't working on Sundays. <laughs> 
and, and watches every game from the one o'clock kickoff or the nine o'clock kickoff if they're in Europe to the last play of Sunday night before you get into Monday night. Yeah. And a lot of the country doesn't see them a lot. And a lot of the country doesn't like the Cowboys. So you're not putting them against a team everybody sees a lot. I know it's I, I know it's gonna get numbers, but I feel like either one of these three games ahead of them would have been a better choice for the prime spot Sunday night for the playoffs. I I don't know. I think it's just a a a good problem to have where they have a wealth of sure. good competitive games. Sure. So it, it you could make an argument for any one of them. Uh, would I say the Dallas Niner game be moved? Yeah, I, I think you can move that one off of Sunday night, 630. And you could switch it with the Eagles and the Giants. Um, I see what they're doing now. I see that they're, you know, they're trying to have one AFC, one NFC game each day. I can understand that. But any one of these four games I think would be very good to have as the Sunday night football. I think they have I think the NFL got fortunate that they got four four games where each team has well, I might exclude the Cowboys on this one. But the rest of them they got fighters. They got guys on those teams that are just they're not going to they're not going to give up and I understand a lot of football teams are they're they're going to grind it out, but no. Uh, we saw it with the Vikings last week. They just they petered out and they were what they were. And the the Chargers kind of just oh we got this big lead and then we just kind of gave it up. And the Cowboys, honestly, if the Bucks weren't there, if they had a competitive team facing them, they might have petered out because they would have let that those extra points get in their head. So. I think with the exception of the Cowboys, I think you've got five, uh, sorry, two, four, seven teams that are going to be competing each and every down to win their game. Uh, Even the Jacksonville KC game, that what they did last week kind of proved that this team is building something. They got some extremely talented players. Their offense is evolving each and every week. And I think they're just going to add more pieces next year, which is scary. ETN's going to come off a, a year removed from an injury. Trevor Lawrence is going to go into next next season with confidence. It's going to be a scary team, and each one of these teams, they're just we picked our we pick we chose who we thought, but honestly. With the exception of the Niners, I wouldn't. I would not be surprised the Jags won, the Giants, and and the the Bills. I don't. It wouldn't shock me if either one of those yeah, three teams won. Yeah. The Niners would be the only surprise if yeah. the Cowboys somehow pulled it off because I just think mentally they're not tough. They have a few players that are mentally tough, but I think put, you point out the correct. Their leader, their definitive number one guy who I have been on board with since he came into in the pros, who I thought he was – Jerry was kind of being unfair to him, not getting him – you know, not giving him that contract extension. Then he gave it to him. And now we're, we're getting what we're getting is yep. this petulant child on the sideline 
slamming his helmet because in an 18 point game, yeah, the kicker mixed another extra point. That's my problem. So other than that, I think you got three excellent games that are going to really come down to it. And then you have, look, if the Dallas Cowboys are on, this could be a high scoring affair, but you know, that mentality in that, in that locker room, if the, if the Niners start sniffing out and smelling blood, they're going to attack and it's going to get ugly real quick. So I can see why you would like that game moved off of Sunday night. It being the four thirty game today would probably make a little more sense. And then you push, say you push Cincinnati and Buffalo to yeah. Sunday night. That was my thought. Yeah. But, and then you just take the, the Chiefs and the Jags, you put them on the three o'clock, you took the Giants and the Eagles and you put them on Sunday night. I, I think that would be right. Um, but in the end, we're going to get two really good championship games, I think. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I, I just don't. I, I, I think they're going to be battles. Um, I don't think either one of these games coming up next week is going to be a Super Bowl game. I think because many years you've had that. All right. The NFC championship oh, yeah, was yeah. a Super Bowl. Yep, or the yep. AFC championship was a <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl. And then the other team going in was just, oh, they're going to knock them out. I think the two teams coming out, you have offenses and defenses that stand up to each other and they're just it's gonna be a grind yep and that's what and that's what i like to see that's what i like to see and hey for a good game even even if i'm wrong chris if it's eagles and Bengals, in my predictions it's still two top tier quarterbacks albeit jalen hurts is still proven but he's still i think a top tier quarterback Going at oh, it hurts? in the Super Yeah, Hurts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's been great. <clears throat> he might be on the lower end of the top tier, but still, he's hey, he's making he's making ground. He's he's building his resume. I was going to say, no that's problem. exactly it. Still young, developing. So, And 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 if Joey B got back in the Super Bowl, I would not, you know, I wouldn't be pissed off about that. It's, how do you root against that guy? I mean, I do when he's playing the Patriots, but other than other time, how do you not, how do you, how do you root against the Bengals and Joe Burrow after all that uh, franchise has been through? I mean. Give it a couple of years. You're going to see it. Oh, no. gonna see- I'm saying for me, for me, yeah. I'm saying personally for yeah. me, I'm not going to root against them. I mean, if they play on my team, I will. But other than that, I, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, my 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 mindset is is Joey B coming out of the the LSU locker room with a fucking stogie out out of his mouth lit up and like that's that's a guy, that's a guy you want to. There's a reason his nickname is Joe Cool, right? That's right, that's right, that guy. So it's gonna be. Four four really good games this weekend. It's going to be two excellent games next weekend. We're going to get a Super Bowl that is going to be off the charts, no matter who it is. With the uh, you know, you know the other other than you know somehow the Cowboys make it. Um, but I, I like the promise, Chris. I like the promise of what we're going to have, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, if you're a fan of good football, this is definitely. You got some good matchups coming up, and it's going to be an exciting conclusion. Like you said, mm-hmm. there's sometimes you're just like, oh, well, this team's going to steamroll that team. I don't, okay, whatever. I agree. I don't think it's going to be the case. 
Uh, the Niners-Cowboys could be a bit of a blowout, but I, I think it'll still be more competitive than I think you do, but I think the Niners win hands down. Um, back, I don't want to beat it to death, man, but just back to the Dak thing real quick. Mm-hmm. Personally, what, what's happened to me, and I, I know you, you were on board with him before I was, but I even said after he got hurt and saw how the team performed, oh, man, yeah, clearly he makes such a difference to that team. Well, maybe it was other aspects of that team too because he came back and they haven't really – I mean, it's actually it's just him as preposterous. I mean, they signed Zeke to a long-term deal, and Zeke hasn't performed up to that at all. It's been Tony Pollard carrying the weight of the running game. You know, they had Amari Cooper when all this started. They had to trade him away because that's another bad contract. And then they got C.D. Lamb, and it's like, that's a guy you should pay to keep around because he's legit number one who could be the guy. I, I, I just – I think Dak showed his true colors – and for me, I don't want to see somebody with that attitude win a ring. I just don't. Maybe I'm sure Dak is a good guy. And I'm sure that was a bad moment. But to me, that is such a slap in the face to your team that I don't want to see you win a ring. I want to see you eliminated, and I want to see other teams potentially win a ring. Look, I don't want any of these teams to win the Super Bowl. I want the Patriots to win all the Super Bowls. But that's not how it works. So realistically, looking at it, <clears throat> run this down real quick. Mm-hmm. The Jaguars win. Underdog. Great story. Trevor Lawrence gets a ring young. The team gets a ring young. Cool. Okay. Chiefs get it. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, other players on that team. Uh, Chris Jones. Phenomenal talents. Deserve it. Giants. Yeah, look, I, I don't like either the Giants or the Eagles. They both be the Patriots in the Super Bowl. But Eagles, all you can say about them. They nipped the Carson Wentz thing in the bud. They got him out of town. They made sure Hurts was the guy. Yeah, there were some rumblings about how they might trade him or draft another quarterback. They didn't. They built that team back up really quick by making good moves and sticking with the guys they had. They had drafted to be in those positions. Good on them. If they were to win, yeah, I mean, Phillies fans, you know, take a dump on car hoods of opposing teams' fan bases, so... They're, those particular fans are kind of crappy, but uh, the team itself, okay. Giants, again, digging yourself, you know, putting on your boots and walking through the mud and dealing with all the crap mm-hmm. you have to deal with and putting this team on the field. You got to respect that. Um, so if they win, cool. Bengals, you know, all that fan base has been through but from not winning a playoff game for so long to not winning the last time they were in the Super Bowl. Uh, last two times, actually, excuse me. Um be a great story bills yeah division rival don't want to see him win but josh allen phenomenal quarterback uh stefan diggs great wide receiver a lot of talent on that team i personally don't want to see them win but you know some great players on that team who would earn the ring if they got it um and quite frankly look this is going to sound really negative i got nothing but love for demar hamlin i hope the guy gets better but the media would be absolutely unbearable for two freaking weeks if oh yeah, they would be. If if it's the Bills in the Super Bowl. My God. I mean, the guy's doing all right. He's out of the hospital. He's fine. Best of luck to him. Happy to see he's doing well. Can we stop milking it, please? Can we stop? The only thing that would be worse, Chris, would be the other side of the coin. The conspiracy theories that, oh, that... It was scripted. This is oh, yeah. I mean, what yeah, the it's... league wanted. They wanted the Bills. 
they wanted to promote the you know his health and how he is so that they can sell the game to the blah 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 so either way yeah i'm sorry buffalo I, I, I don't want you there i don't i just don't i do have some uh something interesting on the cowboys that that food for thought for if you're a cowboy fan out there some real reality check needs to come in um and 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 this part is is for Dak Prescott. Uh, if my cousin's listening, I need you to pay attention to this. You're you're yelling at your kicker for missing one out of five, uh, be one for five on extra points, um, and he wasn't able to attempt a field goal. Chris, he went twenty nine to thirty two for field goals this year. He went nine of eleven plus fifty. Mm-hmm. Nine of eleven. That's not and nothing. It's extra. That's not nothing. No. And he went uh, 50 of 53 in extra points this year. Understanding he went one for five this past weekend, but for the season, he went 50 of 53. I don't know. I think that's pretty good numbers. Um, do you want him to do you want him to have this bad down game in a game you have in hand or in a game you're, where you're down by where you're down by three? Right. So he's a free agent at the end of the year. So. Uh, if Dak doesn't watch it, he might need a new kicker, and he might not be thrilled about that. He also might be looking for a, uh, looking at a new tar- target at tight end and the number two running back because they're both free agents. So, Dak, team does not have a lot of salary cap, and Cowboys fans in, in general, um, enjoy this run uh, because. You, the Eagles aren't going anywhere. I think we can agree on that. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, the Giants, depending on what they do, but I think I think we're in agreement on what they're going to do. They're probably not going to go anywhere. The Washington Commanders somehow each and every year fight and claw to be competitive uh, despite the fact that they can't decide on their quarterback. Imagine if, if they, they actually do. had a decisive decisions in the offseason, like how if they did. Oh my god, that'd be crazy because they have one of the best wide receivers in the game, and I don't think they're going to go anywhere. And you basically took advantage of lesser opponents by getting wins, and you had a backup quarterback come in and win you a bunch of games when your starter went down. And he's a free agent too. So there's a there's gonna be some change in Dallas. Yeah. But unfortunately for Dallas Cowboy fans, a lot of money's invested in the top tier talent. And if they don't produce, you might have an issue. If Zeke, if Dak, Dexter, Dexter not Dexter Lawrence, um, Demarcus Lawrence. Because like I said earlier, Mika Parsons is coming up. Trayvon Diggs is coming up. Yeah, you're, not gonna get, you're not getting a hometown discount with Michael Parsons. And, and Diggs, after what his – I don't blame his brother. Okay, let me be clear. I don't blame his brother. Shot his way out of town, got traded the Bills, got a big contract, number one receiver in Buffalo. I have no problem with what he did. I think he did it the right way. Do you think Trayvon Diggs is going to take a hometown discount for the Cowboys? It's not a chance. Not a chance. Not a chance. Nope. Parsons isn't going to do it because he – he is probably 
second or tied for first as defensive player in the NFL? I think when Parsons' contract comes up, whenever it comes up, he gets the largest contract for his position ever at the time. And Dallas is going to have to pay it. Yeah. Dallas is going to have to pay it. And then Trayvon Diggs is going to go somewhere else. CeeDee Lamb, they're going to have to figure that out. And if they don't, if they lose CeeDee Lamb, I understand they made their way with Noah Brown and Michael Gallup's a nice player. And they got this. It, it, I'm sorry. It all encompasses around CeeDee Lamb's ability to be the yep. number one receiver in that offense, whether he gets the targets or not. It's that effect. It's that DeAndre Hopkins effect. It's that Devontae Adams effect where he is the number one. He's going to get the most attention. Sometimes he's not going to get the numbers. A lot of the times he's going to get the numbers. Yeah, it's um, – if you're Dallas, you have to hope you win with this iteration because – and I, 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 for all the reasons you just said, so I don't need to rehash that. But man, if you're looking at Dak now and you're seeing this guy isn't really being the leader you were hoping he would be if you pay him, look at all these other star quarterbacks around the league. They're the team leaders. How many times has Patrick Mahomes? I mean, yes, his brother and wife are embarrassing, but we haven't seen them much this year. I think Patrick I said, say, him, I think he had a conversation uh, with him. Like, hey. I think so. Y'all, so. y'all only matter because of me. So let's tone it down a little bit here. Stop embarrassing me. Uh, you don't see Mahomes embarrassing his franchise. He's a team, but you don't see that crap from Josh Allen. You don't see that crap from Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow shows up this stadium wearing T-shirts of his receivers. <laughs> like mm. that's a team player. That's a leader. I don't care how much younger he is than Dak. Dak proved he was a spoiled child last weekend, and um. It's it's a very expensive spoiled child that Jerry Jones is going to pay for quite a number of years. And uh, you got your guy, Cowboys fans. Congratulations. That's kind of sad, Chris, because he was a what fourth round pick. Oh, yeah. It, look, I, I love the guy. So before I saw this part of it and before, yeah. you know, it just look and I don't think I don't like wishing things bad on a guy or nothing. I just think on the field, I don't want to see somebody with that attitude win. I just right. don't want to see it. And, and and there's a difference if you walked up to if you walked up to Brett Maher and said it to his face, or said something to him, or tried to fire him up. I'd have a totally different opinion of it. But the fact is, he threw a tantrum on the sideline, mm-hmm. was swearing up a storm, went up to his coaches, tried to you know undercut this guy. It just shows a lot about who you are personally. Mm-hmm. and how you treat your teammates and um that's not you've made plenty of mistakes that that have cost that team big time and you're probably going to make some tomorrow night that cost your team the game against that defense and uh yeah hopefully Mars not there throwing his helmet around acting like a child when when you're screwing up so right yeah cuz I don't think the Cowboys are going to lose because of Brett Meyer or the odds of them losing because of him are lower than against the Niners. The odds of Dak losing the game for him because oh, just, yeah. just by percentages, he's going to affect yep. the outcome of the game because he holds the ball more. But I, I believe in a pivotal situation, 
Brett Myers going to come out in the, on the plus side more often than Dak would. It's just because I think the Niners defense is just that good. And Joey Bosa is just – Joey Bosa uh, – Dak is going to become very familiar with Joey Bosa tomorrow. Yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're becoming good probably, friends. Probably, probably more so Nick Bosa, but ah, uh, you, you're right. See, I did what you did. I, <laughs> I do it all the time. Yeah, I do it all the time. Nick Bosa, they're gonna become good friends, and and Dak's not gonna like Nick all that much after the game, um, and not and not just Bosa, but the rest of that defense. Just they're playing at a at a level right now that unless you have a supreme talent, i.e., DK Metcalf. You're gonna have issues, and if they can suffocate CD Lamb, I don't think Pollard's gonna do enough to to beat him. I don't think Zeke's gonna do enough, and Dak surely isn't gonna do enough. You're gonna need CD Lamb to have an epically good game, and really pressure that defense to kind of pull away from what they naturally do, and that's putting pressure on the quarterback with the front four. And if you can pull them away from doing that then you can have success. But if you just let the Niners tee off with the standard pressure that they put on because Nick Bosa and the rest of them boys up front are putting it on him, good luck. Good luck. Good night. You agree with this statement? Cowboys defense needs to win that game with the Niners if the, if the Cowboys win tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They yeah. need... They need a couple turnovers. It may even need a, a return for a touchdown or a pick six, something like that. Because this Cowboys offense, um, they're not they're not going to go in there and just put up forty against the Niners defense straight up, running down the field time and time again. It's not going to happen. So you're going to need big plays from these high priced guys. Uh, and Micah Parsons, as prodigiously talented as he truly is, uh, it looks like it'll be a generational talent at linebacker. Uh, cannot do it all on his own. You need to rattle Brock for the entire game, and you need to control the ball with Zeke and Tony Pollard. And that's the advantage you're going to have as the Cowboys, is you have two running backs. Whether Zeke has shown it this year or not, you have two running backs. You can control the game, and if you can rattle Brock Purdy, keep him on the sideline so he can't get in a rhythm, can't get in that groove, where he's, you know, handing the ball off to CMC. He's dumping it off to Debo. He's yep. hitting a slant with Brandon Ayuk, or he's just hitting a seam route down the middle with with George Kittle. Yeah, and Kittle just breaks that, nine tackles and runs eighty yards. Like exactly. Or or DK just makes one move and then he's gone. Uh-huh. Like when I saw De- Debo do that last week, I'm like, oh damn, he's back. He's fully healthy. You better watch out. Playoff Debo. Yeah, Debo is good enough in a regular season. Playoff Debo brings it to another level, and that is exactly what you want in a player. So, so rattling Brock is going to be the key. And if you can't, you can't get to him. It, it's it's just not going to it's not going to be pretty. And no. I think that Dallas offense is going to start feeling the pressure. If if you're going back and forth with points, I think Dallas is going to feel a pressure. Yep. We need to score. We don't need just need to score field goals. We need to score touchdowns. And that's when the mistakes happen. And that's when the Niners' defense is opportunistic and they'll start making the turnovers, the interceptions, the forced fumbles. And before you yep. know it, it's going to be a landslide victory for the Niners 
and the the Cowboys are going home to Dallas and they'll be like, what just happened? Cowboys can win if they can control the game with, with control with the running game. They have to do that because if they get down by two, three touchdowns, Dak isn't slinging their way out of the mm-hmm. out, out of that hole. It's not happening. They don't have that offensive build. They need to be able to run the ball too. So if they get down 14 points or more in the first quarter, they go down by that much at the half. The way that the, the way that San Fran can grind out drives or just hit a big play makes them truly, truly dangerous. And that defense is incredible. So I, <clears throat> some of the AFC teams can definitely hang with them. I think the big three definitely can hang with them. Bengals, Bills, Chiefs, obviously. But I don't think this Cowboys team can hang. Not not anymore. Not that, not that they're facing the elite competition. But we shall see. That's the fun part. All we get to talk about, and then we get to sit down, relax, and watch it all unfold. So it's gonna be gonna be a fun couple of days of football. This is some of the some of the best uh these two weekends right here. Championship weekends are always fun too, but it's one day and you get these these first two rounds of the playoffs now or the the you know, it, granted a lot of some of the games last weekend weren't the best, but I mean you're still getting six football games in three days. You can't really complain. Right. So all right, anything else? You good? Well said. All right, that is going to do it for episode 195. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions on this episode, past episodes, or anything sports-related at all, Brendan, I'd love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's it, at BCTSPod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. Website, BCTSPod.com. And Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. And if you have not done so yet and feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating, review, subscribe, and ask a friend or two to do the same. We greatly appreciate the support. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you right back here next weekend. Thank you.